0: the bitterfly podcast knowledge is food bitches eat up hey everyone welcome to the bitterfly podcast today episode 18 can't fucking believe it's been 18 episodes where does the time go um today we're talking to mike healy uh you guys can find him on ig at Spike.Healy. dot healy he is the water guy I randomly found this dude on Instagram like I was whoring out my account following just a bunch of bitches and this guy reached back out to me and was like hey what's up and I was like dude you rock a mullet so let's talk about water man because you're a scuba diver in Florida there's no way we would have ever met except for like the internet and the pandemonium that we're in right now how's it going Mike? Fantastic. Yeah.
1: <laughs> You know, I also meant to say this, um, with no reference to your face, but you have a great voice for podcasts.
0: Thank you. You know, I've been really working on my likes and my ums. I'm not sure how it's going, but it is something I think about. So thank you. I appreciate that a lot. Um, cool shark necklaces. If you guys are watching us on YouTube, I am also wearing a shark boy swag necklace that Mike sent me. Um, they're pretty fucking dope. Also, shout out the six dollars shirt that I'm wearing. I love turtlenecks now. Anyways, Mike, let's talk about the ocean because I think most people that are listening to Butterfly probably have never been scuba diving. They have mm-hmm. no fucking idea what Florida's even like. Like when I think of Florida, I think of like Republicans and the Everglades and bugs. What, like
1: those aren't at all what I think about.
0: Okay.
1: Florida's cool. It's like got uh, a little bit. For everyone, like in the center of the state, there's like the woods and the springs, which is like freshwater holes, people swim in. And then there's the Gulf and the Atlantic, the Keys, there's caves, there's fishing. I don't know. It's kind of like everything. But I spend most of my time in the Gulf.
0: Okay. And that's where you go scuba diving?
1: Yeah, most of the time.
0: Okay. So we want to understand like how the fuck did you get to this place where you, you live like a tourist life? right? Like you wake up in the morning to the sunshine and you go to the beach. Like most people in America do not live that like daily experience.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't wake up and go to the beach because I live like 40 minutes from the beach, but yeah, part of my job and life is structured to live and do cool, fun stuff. Kind of happened years ago. I had a business undecided major and I thought of myself working in a hotel in the Caribbean and I was like, I texted my mom and I changed my major the next day to hospitality (laughs) business management. Sounds like
0: dope. I would love to live in the Caribbean and like meet people on vacation. People on vacation are the nicest. They're so happy.
1: Not everybody though. Okay. Yeah, Uh, That's kind of like the trade-off is like all the best places in life are also where all the tourists go. So it's like, you got to take the good with the bad. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm working my way down to the Caribbean started in Delaware took the scuba courses my 5th year of college um not dad recommended the 5th year but definitely me recommended definitely the best year uh took a those good
0: courses. old victory lap
1: yeah yeah it was like a good segue to becoming a real life adult you know
0: yeah so were you like a frat star like what did you do in Delaware
1: yes uh, well played <laughs> on the rugby team for a month and then the team got kicked off cause there was a big party. I don't think I told you this. Um, there was a party and they kicked us off for five years. Oh, fuck. Yeah. um, so me and a bunch of my friends joined the fraternity Sigma new cool. two years later, the team came back. So then we were all like playing rugby and drinking with dudes and, you know, community service and stuff. <laughs>
0: Wait, what happened to this party?
1: Uh, You know, I'm schmacked.
0: <laughs> no.
1: They, uh they like, a, I don't know, like eight years ago, they would, like, go to colleges, throw big parties, take YouTube videos, put it on the internet. Oh, okay. So they said they were coming to Delaware, and we said that they were coming to the rugby party that we were throwing on that Monday. And then just like a bunch of freshmen showed up, like thousands of people, and then the police showed up, and then everyone just like flooded the streets and walked down Main Street (laughs) campus. And then they blamed the rugby team for it. This
0: sounds fucking legendary. Okay, so you were in Delaware. You finished up college. Like, kind of explain to us how you like what path did you take to get to like Florida and diving, like.
1: Right, your, seri- your
0: series of saying yes to things like this is what I want people to hear.
1: So I was called halfway through that year by the hotel I've been working at every summer, and they're like, "Do you want an assistant front office manager position?" I was like, "Yes, of course." So I got there, was working, not liking it at all. Just the people were miserable because they would. It was a expensive hotel, so they were like, "Why isn't this what?" Is it- And uh, just started planning, like, at at night, like, what I was going to do next. And kept, like, thinking, like, why am I going to leave this place and what's keeping me here? Planned a whole trip, like, very detailed trip across the U.S. And then quit once my contract was up. Didn't get started on it until, like, December. And I was, like, freezing my ass off in North Carolina. And then I went down to Florida to see my parents for Christmas. And I was like, you know what? I think I need a new plan of attack. And my buddy, Nick, who had graduated with me, played rugby, was over in Australia on vacation playing rugby. And he's like, do you want to come join me? And I was like, yes. (laughs) And I, because I'd been there actually once before on study abroad. So I had been meaning to go back. Uh, went back, hung out with him for a week. He left, went to a hostel, which, like, you know what hostels are? They're like the dorms, I guess. Like, like hotel.
0: cheap hotels, yeah.
1: Yeah. So everyone's hanging out. I'm hanging out in the lobby watching rugby on the computer. And this French guy comes up to me and he's like, Who did? And then he's like showing me his phone, uh, Google Translate. And he's like, Do you want to come to practice with me? So I'm like, Yeah, sure. And we're playing. It's like this all French team. Like so the-
0: you at a hostel. You meet a French man who barely speaks English. And he asks you if you want to play rugby.
1: Yeah. He says, do you want to come to practice on Monday? Okay. And I, of course, I'm stoked. Like, of course.
0: Another yes.
1: Yeah. So I'm playing with this team. Like, there's a tournament this weekend. Do you want to come? But you can't play on our team. We have too many players. And I was like, okay, sure. So I go with them. The coach, the guy who's running the organization, he's like, "We're gonna find you a team to play with, USA." And USA is like, "No, nah, we got too many people." Uh, then they turned me to what was that team? South Sudan. You They're played all, with the
0: South Sudanese rugby team in Australia.
1: Yeah, all um, they were leaving because there was like a lot of war there. So yeah, uh-huh. we took we took third, which was awesome. Like, I had always had a dream of playing for South Africa, you, you know, rugby South Africa, a bunch of black dudes. But then there's, like, always one white guy with blonde hair who's, like, crushing it. So I'd always wanted to be that guy. And uh, I kind of felt like that guy. They had me lead the stretch at one point, which, like, I'm very into mobility and stuff. So I was, like, stoked. I was, like, all right, guys, this is what we're doing.
0: Dreams never. are coming true for you.
1: Yeah, it was, like, super weird. Yeah. But, like, I, I wasn't a star. I wouldn't say. I was never super good at rugby, but. I held my own at least.
0: Okay, so you're playing with the South Sudanese team.
1: Yep. Uh, the day ends, and some of the French guys who spoke better English, we were talking, and me and Pierre, the guy I had met, he's like saying something to them. They say something to me, and they go, Hey, Pierre has a van. He wants to know if you want to travel with him. <laughs> Which was literally my plan. I was like, I got to get some kind of bus or van or motorcycle and start driving around because I don't want to just sit in Sydney the whole time.
0: Yeah. I've heard a few people actually do like road trips around Australia and say it was just like the most amazing thing. I actually had a friend who uh, hitchhiked around Ooh. Australia. Oh. Just like hung out with different people, made a bunch of friends, like met some cuties. I'm like, that's so cool. So what happened after that? You traveled around with a Frenchman? man. Yeah. Cause you guys communicate
1: uh, just google translate and he spoke like third grade level english okay yeah so there wasn't a lot of talking he had like a lot of m music on his soundtrack too <laughs> <laughs> and it was like very weird like i, I kind of got was getting annoyed at some points because i was like just like on this tr- vacation that he was planning and i was just like hanging out but yeah. it was cool it's all like waterfalls and and stuff
0: tight so you had a cool Australian vacation and like what'd you do after that like continue on your series of yes journey with us
1: Um, goes back actually, before I met the French dude, I was in a cafe waiting to get into the hostel. And I was talking to this, the lady who was running the cafe, some Canadian woman who's like super vegan and spiritual. And she was like, Oh, I went to this Vipassana meditation course in Malaysia and they hosted me for 10 days, fed me, you know, housed me. And we just meditated all day and it was free. You know, you just give at the end what you can afford. So, I looked this up, find the next one in the Philippines. That's the closest one. And it's in like a month and a half. So, the whole time I'm driving around with the French guy, I'm like, I know I have a hard end date. I had my books or my flights booked to the Philippines.
0: Okay. So, you go from Australia to the Philippines and you do a meditation retreat? That's sick as fuck. I want to go on one. And it was free, just donation based at the end.
1: Yeah. So, like,
0: Take us through a day at the meditation retreat. What did you guys do?
1: Uh, A gong wakes you up at like 5 a.m. Okay. And you have to go and meditate for an hour and a half. And then you have breakfast. And then you go meditate for an hour. And then you have a short time away. Of which the whole time I was thinking, for some reason, that you know, things get stuck in my head. I was thinking of all the plots of all the Star Wars movies. And I could literally walk myself through all of them. Besides one, I was like hung up at one point. <laughs> That's like all I would think about. I would just like turn in and then I would go back and we'd meditate for an hour and then we'd have lunch and then we'd come back and we'd meditate for an hour and a half, have tea, meditate for an hour, take a break, meditate for an hour. And then go to
0: the- what if you like spoke the silent meditation retreat?
1: Uh, people were talking cause there was like a, there was like two teachers and then there was like two guides. So if you had a question, you would like whisper to that person or something. And then there was someone making us food as well. So like, if you had to talk, you could, I kind of took it on myself to not talk at all. I also didn't put my contacts in at all. So I was like blind <laughs> and I was wearing, um, uh, you know, those sarongs. Yeah. They said we had to wear pants, but I only had one pair of pants cause I was just traveling with a backpack. Yeah. So I bought this like sarong. So I was like walking around the whole time in like a Hawaiian shirt and like a flowery dress <laughs> and uh, not being able to see. Pretty beautiful though. So
0: what did you like, who did you meet at this retreat and what did you learn?
1: Well, I didn't talk to anybody until the last day, the last yeah. Afternoon. So it's like,
0: a, it's like literally all nonverbal communication. Like, did you make any friends through this like unique experience?
1: uh yeah so at the end the last afternoon there were two guys that i had talked with briefly for like an hour the day we got there and they were cool they were like oh let's go hang out there was one guy who had been living in the philippines but was from canada so we all went and hung out and we like got beers and we were like trying to like find weed which was like ironic like i didn't really care the whole course was like we don't need substances or food or anything we just need our bodies and we just sit in silence and these guys were like yeah let's get some beers let's go chill and i was like i mean i guess but um okay sure so we're like trying to like find weed on the streets of the philippines i was like dude i don't want any part of this
0: is that illegal like that's a really that's extremely illegal right
1: yeah yeah it was like, like very in the
0: philippines it
1: was like sketchy and there and then there was like like lady boys who were like trying to like have sex with me and i was like no that's okay um yeah super weird but the other dude I was talking to who was the chef was a freediver, which I had just gotten into scuba. I scuba'd on the Great Barrier Reef right before I left Australia and was talking to this guy who was like, I'm a freediver in Taiwan. And I was like, what is freediving? And they just hold their breath and swim. I was like, yeah, oh. can't they
0: go like super fucking far down? Like how many meters do those guys swim down? Without the guys
1: that do competition stuff, like 300. Yeah. Holy I mean they're shit. very intense. But it's, it's a lot easier than you think. So yeah, it's like way, it's a lot mental. Like if uh, an average person held their breath right now, they'd want to breathe after like 20 or 30 seconds. But that's actually only the CO2 buildup in our brain that is saying, hey, you need to breathe. It's not actually a lack of oxygen, which is like a hard concept for people to grasp, myself included.
0: Hmm.
1: So I'm talking to this guy. He goes, Hey, like, this is the place in the Philippines to get, to go free dive. So I looked that up that me and those dudes drove to the airport the next day. They were heading off somewhere. I was like, I'm going to Panglao." Um, got, <laughs> I just, uh, got connected, met these other two couple in a hostel that had just been free diving and they were leaving. I was just getting there. They're like, go to this place. This guy's like, no, I'm full. I'll introduce you to this person who was like called, she called herself like the free diving mermaid yoga teacher or something. Uh, she was like a, a Filipino national who was married to a guy named Mike who had been a scuba diver and sold all of his gear, racked up credit card debt, flew to the Philippines, and never went back to the U.S.
0: Never paid his credit card debt?
1: No. I guess that just vanishes <laughs> after a few years.
0: Huh. <laughs> wait does that work for student loan debt too <laughs> i need to know
1: i don't know maybe if you go somewhere else in the country or outside the country mm. so yeah spent 10 days uh free diving with them and living in a hut and driving a scooter across the island to go meet up with them
0: Good have stuff. you heard of sea nomads
1: sea nomads hmm no
0: they are these people. Uh, they live in like water villages in like near and in around like Philippines and Malaysia, and they can hold their breath for like like most of them are like deep free divers. Um, just like culturally, like they're not even like they don't even know they're free diving, you know. But like yeah. just from doing it so often over like so many generations, they actually have developed like larger spleens to help them hold their breath in the water longer like actually pretty amazing
1: yeah that pumps more red blood cells in your body which helps the oxygen absorption i might be talking over my head at this point i'm not a free dive expert Hmm. yeah the same thing in japan there are these uh pearl divers and these women they use like no mask and they just like strap a board to their foot and they like kick and but they're like way better than the average person with all the fancy mask and the wetsuit and the fins and the weight belt and everything
0: that's amazing So you, at this point in the story, you're in the Philippines and your 10 day meditation retreat ends. And then like, what do you say next? What do you say yes to next?
1: Going to free dive. So taking that free dive course, hanging out there for 10 days after the course is over, they're like, yeah, just keep training with us. Keep hanging out. We got nothing to do. So hung out with them. 30 day visa runs up, got to leave. Um, fly to Hong Kong for a week to watch a rugby tournament and then fly home to watch my brother graduate from college. Nice. Then, um, good stuff.
0: <laughs>
1: my parents are sold their house. He flies to Connecticut. My parents go to New Jersey for the summer and I move down to Florida to begin a new life and career and whatever <laughs> else is included in it.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: With like a thousand, two thousand dollars overall.
0: So you got two grand to your name, no plan. You're just moving to Florida. What?
1: A car, a lot of stuff, everything so, that could fit in my car, and then my parents' house. Uh huh. So I take to the internet and start googling water jobs, boat jobs, jobs outside, uh, job you know jobs where I can wear shorts. <laughs> uh, find it's a good thing
0: guy. to google if that's what you're looking for
1: <laughs> you google gets you what you want because i found a dude on craigslist who's like you can work on my boat i'll train you to be a professional dive master which is like a dive guide and then you'll work on my boat and it'll be awesome and i was like cool sounded awesome yeah paid him the sixteen thousand dollars it took to finish the training
0: wait sixteen thousand dollars
1: sixteen hundred
0: Okay. I'm bad at this. That's still way too much, in my opinion, for a job. They're like, oh, you want to get paid? First, you pay us $1,600. Like, that sounds like a super fucking shitty, like, femdom scam on Twitter or something.
1: Yeah, some people give him shit for that. Especially, the pe- he'll be like, hey, you can come work on my boat. And you've never even dove before. So then you need, like, $2,500 worth of training.
0: Oh, my God. Okay, this explains so much, because, like, I you mentioned that diving is a pyramid scheme and I was like, what does that mean? And now it kind of makes sense. So you have to buy all your own shit to well, and dive
1: and train. Uh, yeah. I didn't have any of my own gear really until I finished the course, but then yeah, I bought all that, which is like another grand maybe.
0: Okay. So, so how long I mean, have you I been
1: credit card debt at the first time in my life at this point? <laughs> Okay. Which is hard for me because like I, I I told you, my dad kind of spoon fed me money my whole life. Not in an obnoxious way, but like school, got you. Car, got you.
0: Must be nice.
1: Food got you. <laughs> um, so you're
0: entering credit card debt and you really just want to live in shorts and work and be happy. And so you're like diving, is it? So at how like present day, how long have you been diving for?
1: Um, so I've learned in 2018.
0: Okay, so you've been diving for, like, three, going on three years?
1: Mm, not not really. I didn't really dive. I only had 20, maybe 15 dives until I got down here. So from a year and a half after I moved down here, I probably have 400 dives or
0: more. Okay, so what do I need, like, say I want to start diving? Like, what kind of gear do I need? Like, how much does this shit cost? Uh,
1: the only thing I require people to have is a mask. So that's, like, the essential piece of gear. Then you need like fin- a snorkel mask, uh, like a scuba mask. So one of like one that covers your nose or something like this. Oh, okay. And you need fins. You need the jacket. You need the, a tank to go on. The regulator to come that you can breathe off of. And then there's a bunch of other little accessories that you need. So, so that- I need
0: a tank with oxygen, and then I need the mask for my eyes, and then I need a mask for my mouth to get the shit from the tank into my body while I'm deep underwater.
1: Yeah, we call that a regulator.
0: How heavy is that shit? Like, is that going to sink me down?
1: Uh, So the tank weighs like 35 pounds on land. And then you need to put weights on yourself to have you sink. Kind of dependent on your body composition.
0: Okay, and then once I'm down underwater, like, do I just like let go of the weight so I can get back up to the top? Like,
1: No, you, you kick to get back up. You're not okay. too heavy where you're sinking. You're you're heavy enough where you're dropping. And then you air. put a little bit of air in your in your jacket and it balances you out. And then you're what's called neutrally buoyant. So you're just hovering in the water, motionless. Uh,
0: okay. Yeah, dude, I know lit- like literally I have to assume like me and anybody listening to this knows fucking nothing about diving and like may never dive in their lives except for like if they go on vacation for fun. Like <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, it's good for fun.
0: I know that there's people in Seattle that go into the Puget Sound like and scuba dive, but I, I don't know many of them. I don't like this is all it's all great to me. So like what's the most expensive part about diving? Like the tank, the 35 pound tank. God, that's like swimming with like a dog on your back. Like a really heavy um, cat I'll strapped live. to your back.
1: Yeah, but it, it feels a lot more natural in the water when you're like weightless. Uh, the most expensive thing is probably what gets the air from the tank to your mouth and all the other hoses you need attached.
0: But overall the setup
1: of gear is gonna run you like a thousand to three thousand dollars. Depending on how nice of stuff you get.
0: Okay, and so like am I just say I want to do this, am I just spending like almost three grand to like die? Like how dangerous is this?
1: Mm. No. So you're also got to pay for some training before you do it. And I should also add that you don't need all that gear to do it. You can rent a lot of that stuff. Oh, okay. But then there would be a cost associated with renting it. And if you're going off a boat, that's usually another $100. Um, Not dangerous, though, while diving. Biggest Mm -hmm. danger is heart attacks.
0: What a fucking niche sport. So a heart attack? In the water?
1: Yeah, that would be the most concerning thing. Um, it's, you know, it's like human errors, either from like overworking or like not being ready or just being overwhelmed. You're not going to, the water's not going to just spontaneously kill you.
0: Okay. So like, I'm not just going to like go so deep down that like my ears pop or some shit. Like, I don't, I don't know about the deep ocean.
1: Uh, we practice equalizing. So that's like setting your ears so that they don't hurt as you descend. Okay. Really everything is mitigated and managed so that it's not dangerous which is kind of a hassle on me because the whole time I'm just thinking like, did I say enough so that I don't get sued if something happens? That's yeah. As I'm, an
0: instructor. I'm, yeah. Like just don't get sued. Just don't get sued. The whole I'm like, time. did
1: I say <laughs> the thing so that they, that I can check the box? So that I say that I'm a prudent instructor. So yeah, it's kind of a hassle.
0: Yeah. No, it's like, you're an Amazon delivery driver and you want to get that like compliment at the end. Like safety was good. Um, so what are some misconceptions about the ocean? You know, like someone like me is like, is it dark down in the air? Is it scary? Are you going to see sharks? Like,
1: <laughs> Yo, first I want to address that thing that we were talking about when you said you're into o, o- or earth conservation, and I said I'm into ocean conservation, and you didn't yeah. think they're necessarily one and the same.
0: No, I think that they are, but um, there's more water than earth, right? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean... Yeah, let's talk about, like, ocean conservation. Like, what do you see out there, you know, like, far out and wide that just, like, makes you, like, bummed out by humanity? Like, is there a shit ton of trash? Like, what are you finding?
1: I would say there's actually a lot of concerns. My biggest one, just where I am, is the trash. Like, big pieces of trash, microplastics, which is just, like, the trash breaking down in the ocean. Yeah, uh, it's funny too, like the closer we get to the beach, the way more trash there is.
0: Yeah. But are you saying that like, even when you're out super far from shore in a boat, like that you're still seeing like trash
1: floating? Yeah. They have had videos of people in submarines down like 600 meters and they find like plastic water bottles and it's just <laughs> like the ocean. Yeah. At that point it's black and there's not a lot of life. There's not like coral reefs like that down that yeah. deep. And are just like swimming along, looking at rocks and sand. And then there's just like piece of trash
0: so how deep do you typically go when you're diving
1: recreational limits is 130 feet okay and then you can get into technical diving where those guys go down to sometimes 300 meters
0: damn which is
1: 900 feet
0: yeah that's pretty fucking far down
1: and then there's saturation diving where they go even further than that that's like commercial like uh, oil drillers they use divers and they like put them in a little diving bell and they send them out and then they go and then they come back there's a lot of different diving
0: so how do you feel about like i don't know fracking and like deep ocean drilling and shit like do you have because you're like closer to it than the average person do you have like feelings about that
1: i don't really know anything about fracking or oil i i And I don't know if I've mentioned this to you, but I keep a super small circle where like I don't listen to any kind of news or information whatsoever. And the only way it gets to me is through a friend. So if you were to be like, hey, Mike, there was a tornado in Australia last night. Can you believe that? I'd be like, oh, wow.
0: You wouldn't check it. You wouldn't check to see if I'm bullshitting you.
1: Oh, no, I didn't mean. Yeah, I wouldn't check. But I'm also like, like that, that is my I know that if something is important enough for me to know it, at least one of my friends will tell me about it. Otherwise,
0: Do you know. think that that's a good idea? Like, what if you're the person that's meant to bring the information to the people in your life?
1: Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I'd do that. Like, all right. So I don't say
0: I kept, I keep a small circle. I was like, well, yeah, cause COVID like don't see that many people, but like you're saying like mentally you keep a small circle. Like you don't seek out news. You only hear things from people in your life.
1: Yeah. And that goes back since when I was like 19, like I, I, um, going back real quick, I used to drink a lot and I would piss the bed a lot. And sometimes I'd fall asleep (laughs) with my phone in my pocket. So I've gone without an iPhone for for like <laughs> That would be like the worst feeling. Um,
0: I am so what? Okay, wait, where is where does that story go?
1: So I would go there were multiple times in my college career where I didn't have an iPhone or okay. no phone at all. Oh, because you like
0: pee, had, you peed on it when it was like in your And, phone I'd, and I'd be phone.
1: like I'm not going to buy a new phone, you know, I'm just going to pee on it like, in another 4 weeks. I'm not, you know, like I had to figure <laughs> out. I couldn't figure out the drinking thing. I, like, it was, like, a, for real. Like, I would drink till I black out, like, three times a week.
0: Do we all have that, like, origin story?
1: <laughs> a little bit, yeah. yeah. I just think I um, – so, yeah, and I wasn't on social media. So, like, I literally had nothing coming in besides who was, like, ri- literally right in front of me. And okay, like, so
0: from that was born, like, a blissful ignorance about, like, what goes on in the world but and being it- okay with not needing to be, like, extremely connected Yeah. Interesting.
1: Do you think it's ignorance, though? Like, how do you think you need to know everything, you know, and I don't, I don't mean everything, you know, obviously, you have extraneous things that we, you know, we all just put information in our head. But do you always seek out information that you really need to know?
0: um yeah I think there's different levels to knowledge right like that, like if, if there's like this is a small bubble and this is like shit that actually affects like me personally like I, I definitely need to know about that and sometimes that is mostly just like among people in my life but there are times where like current world events actually are going to impact me personally say for example like knowing that I have a stimulus check coming, right? Like that's like federal level information that actually affects me. Then I would say like the larger ring around that is like shit that affects maybe people I know, but not me. And then the larger ring is shit that affects like the world, but doesn't actually affect me at all. And I think there's various levels of like information that you should seek out, you know, like would be good to know that there's a fucking hurricane coming sometime to you, Mike, in Florida. And what if nobody that you know knows that? And the only way you're gonna find that out is if you were online like i don't know i think that there's there's examples where it's like you should seek the news but i to your point i do understand that there are things where it's like you know the like last month i'm like sitting at home and everybody's like oh my god the capital riots can you believe that and i'm just like i could let this affect me and it probably caused me a lot of anxiety like oh my god the state of the world America's up in arms. Like, am I safe? Is there going to be a bombing in my city tomorrow? Like people are freaking out. Will there be gas to buy it? Like I could like let myself become consumed with all <laughs> these concerns, but it doesn't really personally affect me. Exactly. So I'm going to let it go. I don't need to keep reading about this. So I think that there's like a balance there.
1: And I'll, I'll also preface that I'm not trying to force my, motive on anyone i don't care if anyone gets connected it's just i'm playing that that perspective yeah yeah you'd be surprised if you don't seek out information it will still come to you yeah people will tell you even though you don't care (laughs) and i'll they'll say something and i won't even engage them back and they'll keep talking about it yeah but also knowing that a stimulus check is coming i don't need to know until it's in my bank account
0: I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess maybe that was, like, a bad example of that, like, you'll know when you know. But, I mean, how about my example about a hurricane? Like, wouldn't you need to know that before you rush out?
1: That's what everyone's talking about. Okay. Yeah.
0: Interesting. So, what other misconceptions are there about the ocean? Like, do you run into sharks very often? No sharks. Am I going to get, like, stung by a jellyfish? Like, maybe. what's the deal? Maybe? Okay.
1: Jellyfish, not that bad. We wear exposure protection suits, just like a, a t-shirt or something. Not that bad. Sharks, totally misunderstood. They're like dogs, um, what not do you mean? dangerous. They're like, uh, you know, was I telling you this? Like a dog, like if it wants to like see you, it'll like run up and it'll like kind of put its nose on you and like feel you and stuff. And like, if you were deathly afraid of dogs, you'd be like, oh my God, his teeth are right there. He's drooling on me. Like I'm freaking out. <laughs> but someone who's like, oh, I love dogs. They'd be like, oh, come here, buddy yeah uh, that's the same with sharks like they might come up and get close to you and if you're afraid of them one they're gonna sense that and they're gonna be like "Ooh, like are you a fish are you, <laughs> so of me?
0: Are you a fish
1: <laughs> or if you just act like you're fine because yeah. he he knows what his food you know these sharks evolved for millions of years all of a sudden they see scuba divers and they're not gonna be like oh there's my snack no they're gonna be like what the fuck are you have, so you,
0: have you ever run into a shark
1: just two nurse sharks, which are, like, the babiest of baby sharks. I don't even think they really have teeth.
0: Did, like, what was what was the experience like?
1: Uh, I was swimming along. There was, like, a ledge. So it's just, it's like, the, a reef boulder comes out, and it goes like that. So there's, like, a little yeah. hiding place underneath. And I was swimming along, and I just saw fins sticking out. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I, like, looked. And to be honest, I was a little, like, should I be this close? Like, is it going to just, like, come out and, like, check, check on me? And I was yeah. like. Yeah. I'll just keep it moving. You know, I don't really have any business over here.
0: Yeah. What a majestic moment. You what?
1: But yeah, like I said, I was looking for shark teeth.
0: Wait, yeah. Tell us about shark teeth. Okay. Because you sent me this necklace and I love it. But I was also like, where did you get this?
1: Yeah. Did you extract
0: this from a shark?
1: uh, They're fossilized. So.
0: Okay. So they're old as fuck.
1: Yeah. Shark teeth are white. And this is not white.
0: Okay, so, like, how old is, are these things?
1: Uh, I say millions of years old, but it's probably a little bit less than that.
0: How do you find them?
1: So, it turns out Venice, Florida is the shark tooth capital of the world, and I had no clue. I was, like, going to the public beach, and I was just, like, splashing around in the water alone, like, having a good time. And everyone's, like, <laughs> on the beach, like, picking through the sand. And I go into Venice Dive Center, get the job, working there. And I was like, hey, what's everyone doing? And I look at this display case, and they have these massive shark teeth, like uh, six-inch megalodon teeth, and like just like little tiny ones, like jewelry ones, like this. And yeah, uh, yeah. so it just they fall out of the shark's mouth all the time, and then they just sat.
0: Just like baby Florida. teeth.
1: Like when we uh, lose yeah, our baby teeth. But all the time, it's like if we just kept losing teeth every single day, and they kept growing back, because they have multiple rows of teeth. So, like, one falls out, and there's already, like, five more ready to come up.
0: Interesting. Uh, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, so they're actually all under Florida. It's just Venice is the best spot geographically where, like, the, the land kind of eroded away. So, where they're digging developments and stuff, like houses, you can find them there, or, like, easily out in the ocean at, like, 30 feet of water. They're literally just sitting out, and then just like this. And I go, oh, what's that?
0: And you make jewelry, everyone. If you're interested in shark jewelry, he's got necklaces and earrings. Check out shark.boy.swag on Instagram and get yourself a cool necklace. That's on the only yeah, advertising I'm going to do.
1: <laughs> what? Yeah, that's fine. I'm, I haven't really been focusing on it a lot because <laughs> I didn't want it to just be some like weak ass like jewelry. So I try to find ways to make it more sustainable like with the material I use and just like the motive behind it. Yeah. But it was originally born just cause I had a heck ton of teeth and I was like, people might like. these.
0: Yeah, no, they're super cool. Like I, I like that they came from the ocean. I like that they weren't pulled out. They fell out. I like that they're super old. It's like, fuck, this is an antique. I'd be wearing around my neck. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I don't really know exactly how to fix the ocean. I do a very, my very small part and limit my plastics the most I can. And then I talk about it a lot because if we can all kind of get to this bare minimum level, then we can take the next step up. But yeah. if we're still like throwing around plastic water bottles, like four a day, like we're not going to get to that next spot.
0: Yeah. I like uh, the thing that you posted on Instagram recently about like all the fucking piles of like plastic trash around the world and how like, It's really easy to just think of yourself as like an individual consumer. And you're like, I only make this much waste, but like everybody else in the entire fucking world, like 8 billion people or whatever are thinking the same way. Like, especially in like countries like America, you know, and you and I were talking like the other day about trash and how like landfills bum me the fuck out. I'll never forget the first time. My dad's like, want to go to the landfill? I was like, what's that? So I'm like, we roll up and I'm like, dad, why are they throwing a television into the ground? Like, what is going on? Like my heart just broke. I was like, this is what we're doing. Like this is... People just, like, casually throw around. Like, oh, just take it to the landfill. Like, that's what Goodwill does with all the stuff we drop off there that they don't want. You know? Like, it's just happening all the time. And it's like, when this hole gets filled, we'll just cover it up and make a new hole. And then just cover it up. And, like, we're just... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we're building parks on top of landfills. And I, acting like nothing happened.
1: I'm not even really sure where to approach that. If it's from... One, like, yeah, we each make individual amounts of trash, but then we also set the precedent that it's kind of okay and there's no peer pressure for, well, you know, if I do it, I'm, you know, it's just going to add. But if we all peer, start peer pressuring the other way, then we can start talking about something my buddy said to that post. He goes, yeah, we need to start uh, taxing people that are still making product, products like that and using mushroom packaging, which I was like, I don't even know what that is. We use a bamboo thing which is like compostable biodegradable Mm -hmm. yeah um but there's a
0: lot of materials that we can make things out of besides plastic like hemp is also like it's a good substitute I've been reading for like paper as well as plastics um like to grow hemp trees takes one way less water than regular trees they grow way faster and also they break down differently so I'm just like we need to make some changes but it seems overwhelming too you know because like i just go to the fucking grocery store and this thing i want to eat comes wrapped in plastic and it's like well i want to like support I want- local businesses yeah. but i also don't want this to ultimately end in the landfill and maybe like the way that we start this like whole like snowball effect is just start like encouraging people like before you buy it think about how you're gonna throw it away like like is this recyclable should I even buy it to begin with? Like, yeah, I need the product, but like, is there a version out there where I can reuse the bottle it comes in or like, can I break down the box that it comes in? Or is this going to, is this fucking styrofoam and is it going to be here way longer than like our entire fucking universe? You know, like, like it's, yeah, we need to think about the point of purchase the end of the life cycle more often,
1: but we don't make it easy. Like I have to go so out of my way and be like, I'm consciously trying to do less, but I can't buy broccoli that isn't like wrapped in plastic. If I don't go to the right store. Right, We're all just like forced into this way of like being physically kind of like, curled up and like being fed just like junk and, well, like- and we
0: like know it's wrong and but we just have no other options it seems like a lot of times like to your point yeah you have like there are times where you have to go like extremely out of your way to do like the the best thing for the environment you know and a lot of people don't have like the financial resources to make that agree. happen or they don't care or maybe they really do care but they just don't have anywhere near them that provides that service you know
1: i'm not like mad that those people don't care i just mean like
0: i'm just mad at the way the world's structured (laughs) (laughs) what
1: somebody might just be like eh, it's okay i was like yeah i mean it is okay but like i i don't really know that's why i keep just talking about it until we all get to that level so we can go like that
0: yeah no i think like our generation is like definitely waking up and it's like wait why that didn't need to come wrapped in plastic that doesn't make any sense have you seen the show the good place
1: uh no it was recommended me
0: So um, I don't want to try to ruin the show, but essentially like the good place is like the, the concept of like, heaven and hell is like the good place and the bad place. And essentially at the end of your life, every single action that you took throughout your entire life either had a positive or a negative value, right? Like you yell at a coworker, negative value. You uh, bought organic, that's there's a positive value, you know? Like, and so at the end of your life, like everything that you ever did is tallied up and either you have a positive score, you go to the good place, you're at a negative score, you go to the bad place. But what they find out, is that even taking an action that one would think is a positive score because of the way that we've set up the world, something as simple as buying like a tomato ends up giving you a negative score because you know, it was grown like, like it was picked by someone whose labor was being exploited. It was grown with all these chemicals that are damaging to the world. And so like something so simple that you think would have a positive Value ends up having a negative value, and they realize like it's basically impossible to do anything good anymore. Like, we're all just (laughs) struggling.
1: Agreed. I made a salad yesterday and like a full meal that was, you know, whatever vegetables and whatever things. I was like, this is cool, but they came with a bunch of wrapping on them, and I threw out a bunch of it, and I don't know where it came from, and I don't know what it took to get to me or all any of those costs associated with whoever made it, you know, what was grown with it, which is why I'll plug Purium right here. Why I do like it. Cause they're like literally giving me the stuff. They grow it. They put the right crop or like the right pesticides, the right water. They take it to factories, their factory, which is using a lot less AC and a lot less truck movement. And then they give it to me in a non-plastic container. I get to eat it.
0: Are you saying that your pyramid scheme provides you with actual like produce?
1: Yes, in the most pure way.
0: Okay, so you just jumped way ahead. But everyone who's listening, Mike's in a pyramid scheme. And this is super exciting for me because y'all know I have been fucking looking for someone to talk about being in a pyramid scheme on TikTok, on Twitter, like every fucking few weeks. I feel like I'm like throwing out like, hey, if you know anyone that's been in a pyramid scheme, let me know. Yes, this is what I'm not plugging your pyramid scheme in any way, like at all. This is like a platform for us to talk about. Wait, let's have a mature discussion about it because you love it. And I think it's fucking weird. Everyone who's listening, if you have never heard or found yourself on like MLM TikTok or like, you know, hashtag on Instagram, MLM, a multi-level marketing strategy is a direct sale, like some direct sales companies encourage existing distributors to recruit new distributors who are paid a percentage of the recruits' sales seems simple enough, right? Like you sell a product, somebody buys it from you. They like it so much. They decide to start selling it. They get people under them. More people want to buy it. They sign up under that person. And that is how we get a pyramid shape. So Mike, what's interesting about you is that you are in Perium which I think has a little bit of validity, right? Because Perium is actually the only company on the market that this is really interesting to me that has a vitamin that actually removes glyphosate from your body. There's no other company right now that has a product that does that. Glyphosate is used by companies like Monsanto. They spray this shit on like all of their crops And then you eat it and it lives in your body and it causes cancer. It causes a bunch of other kinds of like dis-ease and makes people sick. So I would like to give you the opportunity to defend multi-level marketing strategies right now. You have the floor.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Um, My first point would be that Purium was around for... Probably 15 years before they entered into the network marketing distribution model.
0: Oh, okay. Interesting. What year was uh, Purium founded?
1: Uh, they've been around for 25 years. So I guess like 19, don't quote me on that. Like 19, mid nineteen. 25
0: years-ish. Okay. Yeah. And doesn't Purium, what is Perium short for?
1: Pure, pure and premium. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Pure, premium.
1: Cool. So one guy, Ian Farrar, came to the two owners and founders and was like, let me make it this distribution model. We will literally make a killing. And he sold them on that idea. And then he has since done the whole thing.
0: On the network marketing.
1: Yeah. He just said he just wanted to ride his bike every day and do his work. So now he has like a house in Columbia and he rides his bike every day. And he like.
0: He's a rich, rich man.
1: Yeah. Uh, so any particular points? that you would like that are burning through your brain?
0: So, I mean, <laughs> let's just fucking rattle them off. Like everybody, I feel like everybody listening knows at least one person in a pyramid scheme, right? Like Monet, Mary Kay is a big one, Arbon, Advocare, Lulu LaRue, like pyramid schemes. Malaluka. Malaluka, what's that one?
1: Uh, they just do like all kinds of products. That was the only one I was aware of before I ju- joined Perium.
0: Oh, my other favorite one is, um, <laughs> it's an essential oils. Tupperware. Top- what? Tupperware,
1: Tupperware is a pyramid scheme.
0: Is Tupperware the brand? Yeah. Okay. Another one, Cutco, Knives.
1: Uh, what were you going to say? Young Living?
0: Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, thank you. So my, <laughs> my favorite one right now is uh young living it is a christian essential oils mlm and they like specifically go after like like christian middle-aged women like you know like the whole like naturopath vibe that everybody's taking these days like oh peppermint oil helps nausea oh like lemon oil helps this like people are buying it So they're buying so much and like, you can't possibly use like an entire bottle of Christian living in a month. And here's where I think that network marketing is cool in that you know, you've got someone like you, Mike, you like, you actually, you like believe in Perium, you like take their products and you just buy a little bit extra that if anyone wants to like buy from you, you know, you have like a discount code and you're like encouraging them like, yeah, if you really like this, you should start selling it too. Like you're all about like believing in the product. And I think that's cool. But I think what happens a lot of times is people are just like in it for profit and they just like start pushing it on everybody fucking close to them. Like, Hey, can you please just buy some essential oil? Hey, can you please just buy some beauty products? Like apparently monet is getting sued for like people are going bald from using their products right because they sell like hair care and skin care and vitamins and all this stuff and so i don't know how do we balance that how do we help people but also make there's
1: a lot of people so i also joined for the sole reason of making money oh okay um it was, I had been approached by another company who was like, here's the deal, blah, blah, blah. And they were like selling me on like getting a car at a certain rank. I'm like, all right, this is annoying. Uh, I mean, it was crucial to me that I believed in the products because I didn't want to be selling crap. That's why I quit the hotel was I was like, people can't even get a good night's sleep here. This isn't a hotel. This is a fucking sham. <laughs> uh, so I had to believe in the products, but I joined to make money because I was fucking broke.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: The problem, I think, is not that people want to make money; it's that they don't get the right training. So, obviously, in any industry, there's fucking amateurs and professionals. Okay. You're not. I'm not gonna. Uh, what's an example? Like, well,
0: when you have a pyramid scheme and you're having just like, and you're willing to sign up fucking anyone so that they can sell more, so they can make you money, because they're like on your downline. Are you really invested in training them or are you just like trying to get as many people under you as possible? Because like statistically, the more people you have on your downline, the more like chance of success.
1: Yeah, but the amount of people that quit network marketing is also substantial. So, yeah, you could just spaghetti on the wall, sign up everybody, see the ones that stick around for three months, whatever, and then help them. People think that I don't make any, I make 5% off of one person. So
0: can you explain to us the like organizational structure of Perium? Like you signed up under somebody, right. That showed you the product. And how much do you pay a month to buy the product? Like how much are you required to buy?
1: I buy one power shake, 30 servings for $75.
0: And and that's like what you have to buy each month to continue like being a part of the process.
1: Yeah, it doesn't. Well, uh, to yeah, to be eligible for bonuses and paychecks and stuff, um, but it doesn't have to be PowerShake. Okay.
0: And then, how much do you make when people buy with Mike Perium discount code?
1: So I would get twenty to twenty-five percent of a customer sale. And then like, if, like if
0: I sign up under you, how much do you make off what I buy of that 75 a month?
1: 5%.
0: Okay. And then if I sign up somebody under me, how much do you make off that person under me? 5%. And then if that person signs somebody up, you also make, so you're making 5% off my sales, their sales, their sales.
1: Yeah. And all the so way down. I think that's the important part is that if I don't make that much off of you, so if you're crappy at your job and you have to and you quit because you're like, I can't account this, then I have to go find a whole nother person to do your job, which is harder to get a new person than to keep the person that I have. Mm-hmm. So I actually should invest into you and tell you, hey, Emily, this is how we do this. We don't just blast everyone in on Instagram, get in their <laughs> requested messages and then be like, hey, can you check out Perium? It's so cool. And then the, the products are the best. And then everything is so cool. Like nobody likes that. I get blasted with that all the time, and it's super annoying. Mm-hmm. Those are the amateurs. But like, there's amateurs in everything. So the professionals actually know how to talk to a person and communicate. What well, my job is really teaching. So people don't understand the importance of nutritional need. You know, quality nutrition. So I have to explain how that works. Explain how network marketing distribution model works explain how a, running a business with Purium works. So I'm simply an educator in the most beautiful terms. <laughs> that makes okay. sense.
0: Yeah, um, no, it, it makes sense. But as well as investing in me, you also want to like, like your business is dependent on the fact that you need to be acquiring new recruits below you. Otherwise you're not going to make any money. Hence where we get the pyramid shape, which is that the people at the top are making the most money and the people at the bottom are hoping to eventually get to the top.
1: Um, I've been told that it's a reverse pyramid, but I also want to address that. You sent me that thing of LuLaRue. Oh yeah.
0: And yeah. They're in hot water. Like I was a, like, what last year?
1: Yeah. And the only thing it said on there is that pyramid schemes are legal because they promise that you'll make more money with employees or by signing people up. So basically employees, mm-hmm. tell me one business that wouldn't make more money if they had employees doing the job rather than just one person doing the job.
0: I guess I don't understand the question. What do you mean?
1: So like, like I start all, a business- like all,
0: all businesses are dependent on their employees, but the difference between a regular company and an MLM is that I just get hired and I work. I'm not, pushing, I guess it's kind of like commission. Like if I was working at like, say, you know, like a department store or something and I get commission off, you know, somebody buying a specific product, but if I'm just a regular employee at like a retail place, say for instance, I'm just, if they buy it, they buy it. If they don't, they don't, I make the same, you know, I'm not like incentivized to bring more people into the store.
1: Which is cool. I mean, some people like that, but in every job in my past, I've been like, I'm way too fucking smart for this job and I'm way too smart to be earning $10 an hour. How do I make more? This, so,
0: how make. much money do you make off Perium? Like, you started doing this in January 2020. So, it's been like about a year. Yep. And some. Like, is it actually like a feasible stream of income
1: for someone that makes it a job? If you treat it like a hobby, you get paid like a hobby.
0: So, like, how many people would you need to have signed up under you for it to be worth it? For it to be a full time job?
1: So that's a super interesting thing. Is that people? What is, What makes something a full time job? Like, they ask you, how much money do you want to make in this business? And I was like, I don't know.
0: Enough to live.
1: Well, what is it? How much is that a month?
0: Um. Okay. Let's say that your rent is. <sighs> Um, let's say like rent and food, for example, like 1200 bucks a month. And then I want like, you know, maybe a grand to play with. Okay. Say I need to make like 2000 bucks a month, like at the minimum. And I want Perium to be my full-time job. Like how many people do I need to have signed up under me?
1: That's like in the diamond ranks, I think, which is.
0: Tell us, tell us about the ranks. What is. That.
1: They're just, like, names. It's just, like, they make it a little like a game just so it's easier to follow along, like, consultant, executive, director, diamond, crown.
0: Wait, how does it go? Uh, bottom to top?
1: Uh, consultant, executive, director, diamond, crown.
0: Oh, is crown the highest you can go?
1: Yeah, but there's, like, royal crown, royal crown two. Like, it's just, like, a bunch of different rankings.
0: So. so I don't know. What ranking are you at?
1: I am at consultant. Uh, Big thanks to a new dude, Christian, who joined the team last week, and he's already been crushing it. So that's an example of a dude who already knew people and knew stuff and came into it head on. Where I didn't have an Instagram, I wasn't talking to even any of my friends on a daily basis, and I didn't come head on. Nobody really told me exactly what to do to start off And I was like, oh, I'll just start an Instagram and, like, kind of mention that I'm working for a company and not put any details. And people will just hit me up and be like, yo, Mike, I want to buy your shit. So that doesn't work. I'll tell you that right now. You Mm -hmm. actually have to do a job and treat it like a job and put hours into it.
0: So what has been your most effective way for getting new recruits? Instagram? Like, are you going
1: door to door, Uh, like,
0: doing the Mormon thing? Like, how are you telling people right now I'm
1: trying Instagram just because I know that when, if I start any kind of business, some kind of scuba training center, like I'd need to understand at least how Instagram works. I wouldn't necessarily need to do it. I'd need to hand it off. I'd probably hand it off to somebody, but I want to know how it works. And it's also kind of cool. So you mentioned a bunch of times that I was like extroverted and I'm not really, I'm actually like pretty terrified of I'm, I'm, I am I'm would say I'm more introverted. So Instagram has been a very interesting avenue for me to practice talking to people.
0: Have mm. you thought about getting on TikTok?
1: Uh, I'm on TikTok. I posted one video.
0: Oh, what's your TikTok? People check him out.
1: Uh, I don't know. Spike Healy maybe probably.
0: Okay. First lesson of TikTok is know your TikTok handle. Um, so...
1: But to answer your question, uh, you need a few people in business that are serious about it. Three people in business that are serious about it. And then a couple customers.
0: Three people. Better. Three three people signed up under me. Better. And then when you say customers, do you just mean somebody who like buys with your discount code once a month or something? Yeah. Okay. And so from the customer, you make 20%? Yeah. And then from the partner, the person under you, your downline, you make five percent. Yes. Okay. This is this is interesting. Someone who's at the crown level, the top of the
1: Bronze. inverted
0: triangle, as you say, how much money do they make?
1: Uh, well, there's people in network marketing that make a million dollars a month.
0: What about at the top of Perium? Like, like where's the? The the light at the end of the tunnel, like what is everybody trying to achieve? Like, who is that person?
1: Um, Ian Farrar would be a good example. There's some lady out in Hawaii, uh, Ron Sima. I don't don't think you know them. No, who's that? uh, They are two people that kind of got me involved with the help of Troy Casey. But they started out at nothing two years ago, and now they're both crowns. They have this whole organization, the Holistic Justice League.
0: How many people are under them though for them to have reached that kind of success, like estimate like hundreds, thousands, like what's the range?
1: Say a 2000, maybe. Okay. Interesting. The Facebook group. Um, but they are very smart. They're both like in their thirties. So like they have prior business experience and they know how to like, They put these Zooms on and they train us and they like, Oh, so the business page only has 667 members. So I'm not
0: discounting. Like, I think like network marketing, there's definitely some intrinsic value in like learning how to connect with people and like marketing skills, like how to sell a product, you know, like it's, it's really, it's actually genius. You know, it's like what a lot of influencers do. Um, companies reach out to them and if they like truly believe in a product and they push it, people are like, Oh, so-and-so likes that. I'll probably like it. I'll try it. You know? And it's like this, like, um, snowball effect, like someone tries it and someone else tries it and someone else tries it. Someone else tries it. But I think for me, what's funny about, pyramid schemes is that unlike you, most people will not fucking admit that they're in one or if they will admit it, they don't want to talk about it. Like I've encountered a lot of people who like used to be involved with, um, like in college, a big one at my school was, it was called Vima Vima and Verve. And it was uh, (laughs) a B12 energy drinks. And like the catch was that if you wanted to be involved, you had to buy like a package a month. And I think that that ran you like a hundred, 150 bucks. And then that was used as like promotional tools. Like that, like you weren't supposed to drink that and you bought them every month because you were required and then you gave them out as like free marketing to get other people to sign up under you. And they would like bring people in who are like, yeah, I got this brand new car, blah, blah, blah. You know, and they don't tell you like, you have to pay tax on it. You know, like you got, you got all these gifts from Mary Kay. Like, well, there aren't actually gifts because you have to pay for this and that. And like, if you don't keep it up, like you're going to lose it kind of thing. And so I just feel like there's a lot of things. I mean, there are like TikToks devoted to anti-MLM. There are Reddit threads devoted to anti-MLM. Like people are like vehemently opposed to these kinds of marketing strategies. So I just think it's, it's kind of interesting to hear from you. Um, someone who's in one also the funniest thing you've said since i've known you is you were like yes i'm in Perium, and yes it may be a pyramid scheme but the bigger pyramid scheme i'm in is the diving industry because they just want you to sign up for this class and this class and this yes. class and then they want you to get other people to sign up for this class and this class and it's just like is life a fucking pyramid scheme is this capitalism now
1: so yeah, like my lady partner actually gets super annoyed with me. Cause I'll be like, Oh, I think that's a pyramid scheme too. Cause <laughs> I'll take what people say to me and they go, Oh, it costs money to join. I'm like, yeah, everything costs money. That
0: gym's a pyramid scheme. Yeah, like- exactly.
1: Like, Oh, they want you to pay a reoccurring fee. Sounds like a pyramid scheme.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, they want you to bring your friends there. Yeah. I can't, you know, Internet push it on
0: pyramid my- scheme.
1: <laughs> and it's so big in diving. It's like push continuing education. Uh, push this, push the gear sales. Push oh my God. Pyramid. Is higher
0: education, a fucking pyramid scheme. Like you go and then they get other people, you get like, they want you to recruit other people. Like, is your sorority or your fraternity a pyramid scheme? Like, where's the limit?
1: Exactly. And that's like in the fraternity, I was the candidate marshal, So I was like in the recruiting process, I shied away and I didn't talk to anyone. I sat in the corner and I tried to look tough like this. Mm -hmm. Uh, so this part of Puriam is super hard for me, like meeting people and being like, Hey, what's up, man? I'm doing this cool thing. And like, I'd love for you to join and learn more about it. Like, that's super awkward for me. I just feel really weird about it. Oh
0: yeah. If somebody says that to me, I'm like, bitch, what are you selling? Like, no.
1: Yeah. So like, I'm finding my process on that, but we, this guy, Christian comes in and I was just like, you know, I just got him on a call and got him a little fired up and like taught him just like a few things to think about. I was like, yo, like if you post a story, tag me in it so I can share it without having to like go through a process mm-hmm. like that's easy for me. I can train people. It's, it's just recruiting. is like super hard for me.
0: Yeah.
1: but Like I'm never going to grow if I just go and eh, I'll figure that one out eventually. Like I pushed it off in college. Now it's coming up back to bite me. So I have to figure it out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The only thing I'll tell you about network marketing that I don't like. And a dude told me this, who was in a different network marketing company selling life insurance. He's like the, he's like those people, products are expensive. Right. And I was like, yeah, they're pretty expensive, but you're paying for quality. He's like, yeah, but you're also paying for, you know, there's no marketing budget. So all of us marketers get paid,
0: mm-hmm. but that
1: part of that, the, the price has to be higher so that all of us can get paid out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's the only beef I have with it is that it's a little bit more expensive if you're not on the inside.
0: Oh, well, I-, I mean, yeah. Think about it. Like companies devote billions of dollars a year to marketing for their company. You know what I mean? Like, no matter what the product is, like, fuck ton of money goes into, like, advertising and and things like social media and, like, out community outreach and all this stuff. And so, like, yeah, think of all the money that they're saving by getting people (laughs) like you to push their product they don't need to take out tv ads they don't need to do facebook or instagram ads they don't have to like do any kind of promotional activity like that money should absolutely be put in your pockets but is it i wonder
1: yeah i think it's pretty lucrative
0: okay well good luck on your Perian business i'm still skeptical and i will remain skeptical um <laughs>
1: I, I just appreciate the opportunity to talk about it because a lot of times people, they can probably see where I'm going with do people
0: shut you the fuck down. Or are they just like, fuck you, Mike? Like, I don't no, want to buy what you're selling.
1: <laughs> that would be easier if someone was like, no, like some people would be like, nah, man, that's not really for me. I'm like, oh, cool. Thanks. Like, do you know anyone who it is?
0: Have a good one. <laughs>
1: Uh, I, the only time I spammed people, I put it in a bunch of scuba groups. I was like, "Guys, stop bringing plastic water bottles and crackers on a dive boat. We're right on the ocean. We should care about this shit." Here's mm-hmm. what I use: it's essential amino acids and this green shake, and it's plastic free. And guys were like, "Fuck you, douchebag!" And I was like,
0: <laughs> "Get out of I, here with your health nut shit." Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, what?
0: So. Okay. He's a diver. He's a yes man. He's in a pyramid scheme. Health nut. Like, I guess amateur. Like, what's let's wrap this up, Mike. Like, what is like the point of, of all of it? like like this rat race and like life and just like feeling like we're on a fucking wheel like you're trying to get out of it by starting you know your own business your independent business owner in a way teaching scuba and starting like your perium shit like what keeps you going like let's give the people some hope you know
1: so you ever heard that saying people say life is suffering
0: I mean, no, but like, I can see where they're coming from.
1: Oh, I think that life is fun and like everything is fun. And like, there's a lot of things. Yeah. That rat race and it can be like super annoying to be like stuck in your car for 40 minutes and drive home. But like, I do a lot of what I do just to have fun. That's kind of I like
0: think. about attitude.
1: Yeah. Like uh, and perspective.
0: Yeah. Choosing to see it as fun rather than suffering.
1: Yeah, and like, but I also prepare, like if I ate a bunch of like pizza every day and I when I was drinking all the time, my stomach hurt probably 80% of the time. I always mm-hmm. felt like I was hungover. Eating actual like green foods, I feel amazing all the time. So then I don't have to worry about that. And like, I, I can just go like here. So I'm like, okay, am I physically able enough to put on a scuba tank? Yeah, okay, so I can go scuba and go have fun. Obviously, I set my business up so that I can do, you know, be flexible and go have fun as well. But so Something I didn't really touch on and is my favorite thing is being in the present moment.
0: Living in the present.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They push that a lot in high school. And uh there's sometimes I'll catch myself being so present where like I forget like what's going on. I'm so in like this was actually a pretty good situation. It's kind of dope. Like I kind of forgot that my girlfriend will be home in like 30 minutes. Uh, I forgot that I have a bunch of credit card debt. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot that I have left so many things undone, but like, it was just nice to like zero in and just have a conversation.
0: Yeah, totally. This has been super fun. Like I always love connecting with people. Like I said, I think it's fucking hilarious that you and I like even met at all. Like what the hell? Thanks internet. I love being online. Lots of good shit happens on there, but yeah, I think I'm also learning to like live more in the present. It's something that I talk about on the show a lot is like being in the moment. Like we don't, like, the past doesn't exist except in our minds in the present moment, and the future doesn't exist except in our minds in the present moment. And so, like, being here in the eternal now, like, this is where shit's happening. You know what I mean? It's all we got. It's literally all we've got. And it's been super fun. Thanks for sharing your fucking life with us. I didn't mean to get too aggressive about the MLM thing. because um, wow. <laughs> To each their own. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to check out my Keeley and what he's doing in the water, among other things, uh, check him out. It's at spike S P I K E H E A L Y dot H E A L Y on Instagram. Uh, he sells shark teeth necklaces. He talks about breathing in the water and buoyancy and taking different routes on your walk, neuroplasticity, cells, perium, all that shit. Um, I'm not going to share your discount code cause I'm going to make the people work for it. So you can I find,
1: to, I'll send them a video message when they follow me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Follow Mike. If you're interested in purchasing Perium, but this is not an ad in any way, shape or form. I'm just doing this for you cause you're the homie. help me. So thanks for being on Mike and, uh, have a fucking good Florida day. You know what I'm saying?
1: Thank you for having me on Emily. Uh, it was fantastic. A lot different than the old podcast I used to run, but yeah. yeah but good, good to just have a conversation. And honestly, like, uh, so when I messaged you on Bitterfly, I was like, Ooh, like what, what's this girl? And like, I like her vibe. It's like, you're like, Ooh, off topics, like relationships and sex, and, but it wasn't like a sex podcast. So I was like, Oh, that's cool. So yeah, actually have listened to, Oh, you're the only podcast I've listened to as of recently that aren't about diving or uh, network marketing.
0: So. I am literally touched. Thank you. Yeah. It's not quite sex with Emily. It's a little bit varied, but yeah. But thanks so much for like, what?
1: No, it was just like normal people, like talking about stuff, like girls talking about vibrators or like dudes talking about his upbringing. Like it's just people that aren't afraid to speak up. So yeah, it's good, good listening and yeah. big bitter fuck, man.
0: Yeah. Thank you. And anyone who wants to reach out to Mike,
1: hit this guy a- up. Or what? I was going to say, get a butterfly beanie.
0: Yeah, I'll but have those
1: soon, actually. But yeah, uh, I will s- happily talk to anybody. I just like to have conversations. That's what they pay me to do. So, diving, fitness, fun, nutrition, I got it all.
0: Yeah, send this guy a DM if you guys are interested. And uh, we'll be back next week with more butterfly.